The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Friday morning and welcome to our end of the week edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM 93.1 on your radio dial with yours truly, uh, Neville James. It's a beautiful day in paradise and we got some beautiful people here in the studio right off the bat uh, to allow for us to have a, to close out the week uh, with a good a good show. And then in hour number two, um, we're going to be talking with folks who um, made made a trip to Ghana, to the motherland. Uh, and we're looking forward to talking to them as well. Of course, you know, we had our conversation with the National Weather Service uh, yesterday. And so uh, for those of you who are out on the seas and heading to the beach, be careful because um, choppy waters out there are going to apparently remain that way. Uh, throughout uh, the weekend. So, let me get on right to it. We got the good people from the Disability Center, uh, the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands uh, with us this morning. Um, it's Amelia Hedley Lamont. Good morning. Good How are morning. You? Glad I'm to fine. have you here. And of Thank course, you. your good friend, Andres Drigo. What's up, man? Good, man. Good, good yeah. to see you, Never. Yeah, same here. Same here. So, how's everything? Not bad. How's the Disability <laughs> Rights Center doing? Um, I think well. I think the movement is doing well. I think the work here is it's so critical. I mean, there are issues that, you know, we've been hammering away at for quite a while mm-hmm. that still needs to be resolved. But I think things are going in the right direction. Yeah, I know. So, Drigo, what's up? Good, 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 Neville. Good to see you again, bro. Yeah, how the, how the Disability Rights Center coming along? How long you there for now? A year. A year, right? Yes. Yeah, still a baby at the... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let me see. Uh, that, uh, a, a baby into into the job, but not a baby in with regards to uh, disability. Not, a, not at all, not at all. You worked at Papua Health for a number of years, right? Uh, yes, I did. You were there during the pandemic or you had gone already? During what? The pandemic. Um, no, I was already gone. So what's your take on, and before we get into this, looking at your agency managing a pandemic from the outside in? Well, um, I, I, I think they did pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think our numbers reflect that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's always room for improvement on a lot of things. But this, but was, this, this is new. So This was know. learning though. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And, and we had to pivot in many, in many instances, not just the Department of Health, but all of the organizations that work in VA. And the Disability Rights Center, um, Ms. Lamont, had uh, a 30-year anniversary during the pandemic, right? Around that time, 19, uh, it was 1990 was when uh, the, the, the ADA? Oh, the ADA, yes. The ADA That's was correct. passed and then in 2020, because we had um, uh, Lenny, Lenny James, was, uh, we had interviewed him July, I think some, um, the, the anniversary for the, the, the passage of the ADA law was... I think July or August, somewhere around there. Oh, July, July, July 26th, right? July yes. 26, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So um, um, how do you guys make out? Because we're supposedly in this new normal right now where the pandemic is concerned and folks with uh, disabilities, we got to look out for them. That's our, 
obligation. Well, obligation, and we're part of the you know human experience. Mm-hmm. So it's it is in a sense of otherism, and I really that's something I think that we should drive home really hard. It's mm-hmm. not you know you people, no, <laughs> or those people. No, so inclusive. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. So I think you know I thought we had a number of events mm-hmm. in collaboration with the Center for Independent Living in St. Thomas and and St. Croix. Mm-hmm. So just raising awareness, you know, just bringing people up to speed, and you know, just making them uh, hopefully more aware of where we are and where we need to go as a community. What's the biggest need for the Ooh. Disability Center? Mental health um, services wow. and support. Mm-hmm. That's an issue that we've dealt with since ooh, 2003. Mm-hmm. We had a report that was provided and you know, a number of agencies had buy-in. And you know, it's supposed to be uh, the report um, recommended a case management system with all the information you know? That's 20 years from. Tell me about it. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about it. So that's a, that's a huge a issue. And a generational. It's a generational yes, issue. it is, truly. Yeah. And every year, our office, you know, tries to solicit comments from the community. Number one, mm-hmm. for many, many, many years, the need to address health, and that includes mental health care. But, well, why, why does it, why is it such a problem after we've established a commitment to actually get facilities in place and all that stuff. I mean, this was a big issue for us. Uh, well, us, when I say us, I mean those of us who were members of the legislature back in 2015, 16, we had identified a building in Anna's Hope that we wanted to refurbish or at least reconstruct. We had um, data. Um, we had the Justice Department. I mean, the... the, the Judicial branch um, at the time, um, Judge Willox um, had provided critical information for us. Yet, for some reason, we keep talking about it, but we can't seem to take the necessary steps. Why right. is that? I wish I had an answer to that. Wow. It's certainly, you know, our role is as advocates, and all we could do is what you've just described mm-hmm. report on the issue, gather whatever information we can, you know, shine a light on the problem, input from the community, buy in from. We had Department of Human Services, Department of Health, we had psychiatrists, we had advocates, you know, people who have lived experience with mental illness, mm-hmm. you know, all address this. And, you know, we come to a stance and I frankly think it's it's a matter of political will. Most definitely. You know, so, you know, it's not like there isn't a reference point. Mm-hmm. It's there. And in fact, the report that was done by the commission was shared by uh, with everyone who has an interest. Senators, delegates of Congress, judges, um, you know. Um, but again, it just takes strong focus, I think, to, to address this. Because the community is telling us this is number one. This is a concern. Mm-hmm. So, Drago, what else, what else are, is, is, well, is a priority need for disability center rights right now? Well, I, I would just like to make a couple comments on the mental health piece. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the areas that's really key for us is removing the stigma of mental health. Mm-hmm. I think if we were to address that from the onset, I think that would help but you don't, you don't moving think, the needle on things. You don't, you don't think, um, given how it's more prevalent than it was back in the day when we were growing up, that people are now recognizing that this is not just an isolated um, dynamic uh, that we're dealing with that, that 
it touches everybody. Well, because it, depression's a part of it. Yeah, but people people recognize that because it's amongst us and we see it, and we have family members who are affected by it. Uh, some of us are affected by it, and some of us don't even seek the care because of that stigma. Mm-hmm. So we have to remove that, and we have to increase the sensitivity towards people with disability. That has to change. And until we get some of those things to change, you won't see the earnestness to, to talk about uh, what you mentioned earlier about being inclusive. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. We have to treat it as a regular medical problem instead of separating it and saying that this is something that's different than, say, if you have a broken leg or if you have an eye problem or something. And I think that that has to change. Many, uh, many, uh, many um, election cycles. Um, VU said, right? That's how you pronounce it? The Virgin Islands? Yes, you correct. VIU uh, said, yes. yes it, um, Center for Disability, right? Uh, uh, Center, okay. Virgin Islands Center for Excellence, Excellence and Developmental yeah. Disabilities. Right. I mean, right. and, and we actually passed legislation um, to address uh, construction of homes, specific construction of homes for those who are in need. Of, of support so I, I believe I believe it's it's in our consciousness but now you're saying um, being in the consciousness isn't nearly enough that's just that's right it's just yeah. talk yeah, yeah, <laughs> talk yeah. um, and again we're, we're talking about um, not a separate ghetto for lack of a better word mm-hmm. okay we're talking about creating living spaces where I'm part of the community okay um one of the things that excites me, you know, I'm, I'm an older person now. There's, there was an article I read that talked about, okay, how can you live well? And one of the things, there was three things. One is to be grateful that you could do certain things, like pay your bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that you, that you probably have the money you could put together and you could do that activity. Be around young people. Have an intergenerational approach or an inter, you know, ability approach. And the final one, I'm, my, now my mind is escaping me now, but there was another item to, um, for you to, you know, be grateful. Oh, just, just be grateful that mm. you have that, oh, be, be able to say yes to experiences. Okay. Instead of saying, no, yeah. no, I can't do it, I can't do it. You know, if, if there's an opportunity, seize it. Okay, and those are three things that I'm trying to be mindful myself you know, because as you get more set in your ways and <laughs> your routine, you know. But I tell you, I just get very invigorated when I'm in a community where I'm able to interact with people with different perspectives, different, you know, um, appro- you know, orientations, different ages. You know, that gives me a little more, mm-hmm. you know, ability to engage or feel like I'm a vibrant human being. And that's, that's what I would like to have come across, that we're not speaking in terms of other isms or you know ableists or i have an issue with the phrase physically challenged we're all challenged mm-hmm. in some way shape or form so that that's where i'm that's what i'm trying to drive at um, um neville you were asking me also about what other things yeah. uh, <laughs> we have a serious issue with accessibility and if you look if you walk through our towns you could clearly see that both christian Center and Frederickstead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, utility poles in the middle of the walkways. You can't traverse a wheelchair or a stroller for your for your child there. I remember trying to do that with my son, and my son is 25 years old, and that still exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the roads are being repaired, 
but nothing is done with the sidewalks, nothing to provide accessibility. We see cobblestones in areas where you shouldn't have those things. We see curbsides with uh, accessibility for people who use wheelchairs. And some of them are steep inclines, some of them are dilapidated, they need repairing. And it's right there across the line where you got to cross the street, you know, the access to the street. It's, it's, I went there and, and took pictures, shared those with our ADA coordinator because he's part of the governor's task force in terms of developmental things, in terms of uh, making changes to new structures, especially that are coming up. And um, I, I just think that we just need to do more because pe people live today. You can't wait until you, you, you do the sidewalk to do things. You got to do it now. You know. Let me let, let me. Ask, what's the well, first of all? Who who funds your existence? The federal government. Does. Federal government. For, uh, based on what formula? Uh, uh, well, it's I call it the territorial formula. Mm -hmm. It's usually in the states. It's based on population, okay. right? But uh, territories just get a flat amount, so we okay. get the same amount. Well, Puerto Rico is an exception because they have a well, much larger population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a, that's not a insular possession, right? On the levels of. Uh, the Virgin Islands and, and Guam and American Samoa Correct. and CMI. Correct. So all those four, the smaller interpolations. We get the same amount. Okay. Same amount. Yeah, pretty much, yes. Yeah. But it's the U.S. Department of Human Services, mm -hmm. U.S. Department of Education, Social Security Administration, um, and SAMHSA, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. How big is the staff? We have 11 member staff with four contractors, basically. Okay. Okay, that's enough. You think uh, 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 there's a there's a need for more personnel? It wouldn't hurt, but I like to yeah. consider. Or at least I used to consider. It. We were lean and mean. <laughs> uh, no, but actually, you know, as we age, um, we 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 should be mentally transitioning from quantitative to qualitative, anyway, right? Yes. You, you yes. don't necessarily want just bodies there that are not. Right. getting the job done so you would want a higher level of efficiency and you know irrespective of size but uh, uh, at the same time uh, quantity is good because you know you don't want to strain you know that quality right. you know what I'm saying yeah. so so that's the reason why I asked that question the relationship uh, you're funded by the federal government um, but there are two dynamics we're dealing with here you know we're Detached from the mainland. That's number one. That's an issue you can't ignore, and that impacts things. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You know, you're not in. You're not in Indiana, and you know, if help is in Ohio, they can hop in a car and drive over. It doesn't work that way. You know what I'm saying? That's, That's number right. one. That's, That's number right. one. And then number two, because we are an insular possession, uh, Department of Interior has um, stewardship, for lack of a better term. Right. Right. So. Uh, there's some bureaucracy there that you got to deal with. How is the, how does the bureaucracy uh, impact um, the day-to-day, month-to-month operation of uh, the Dis Disability Center? Well, I think we're fortunate in the fact that we are part of a national um, network. Okay. And as such, you know, if we had any kind of management issues or if we want to get more information on some, you know, what's the current take on this problem or issue, mm -hmm. we have this network that we can, you know, 
rely on for their expertise and support. It's the National Disability Rights Network, of, and we're a member of that. Mm-hmm. We pay our dues, we go to meetings, we learn, we you know, sometimes have somebody who comes and you know, provides us with support. So that's, that's what has really helped us. So we're not out in the middle of the right. sea yeah. without any kind of you know, um, support. That's a real big piece. Yeah. And, and, and another big piece that goes along with that, Neville, is that since we are part of these 57 member that's NDRN, you can always call another ED in another state if you're working on something. Sort of get their take on it. Or if they've done it before, see if you could take that and try and mirror the same thing mm-hmm. down here in the VI. Yeah. So, so, that, so you have a lot of collaboration going on. So that's a really good thing. By the way, um, I forgot. Please state your titles. <laughs> um, what, what the disability center is for? The I am a retired executive director. <laughs> <laughs> so I call myself a, a community advocate. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Rodrigo. And I'm the, exec, the new executive director. Uh, executive director. Yes. Okay. Is there a board? Is there a board involved? Yes, or? there's oh, yes. a board. A board yeah. and an advisory council that focuses on mental illness. Mental okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were once executive director? Yes. And you had For enough? 25 años. <laughs> wow. Aquí. Aquí. And we spoke before, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Aquí. Yeah. <laughs> and before that, I was a legal services yeah. attorney. So, correct, so, correct. so you understand clearly why we can't let her go. <laughs> After we've contributed 25 years of experience yeah, that, in her, we no, can't just let her go. No, no, no. That's a, that's a high level. Yeah. High level <laughs> value there that you just can't let walk through the door. <laughs> uh, and, and all that stuff. But. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking back to, you know, when we would go to forums and, um, it would, it would, it would come into focus, um, not only how much we don't value what we're supposed to bring to the table to allow for the, uh, inclusiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then you realize that uh, those who are disabled, and we're ahead for a break now. Those who are disabled, they're not really ask, they're not asking for any favors. You know, they 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 want you to treat them like regular people, um, because that's what that's what they are. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And you know, just because you know they might uh, you know have experienced something uh, unfortunate, um, shouldn't make you want to look at them any differently. Right. And I think that really is the, the first, the primary challenge that we need to focus. So we could talk about that a little bit and we could also talk about Ability Radio, which is uh, 1130 on Saturdays here on uh, WTJXFM. We'll take a break. I'm talking with Disability Centers. Uh, the Virgin Islands. be back right after this. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. Bankofstcroix.com. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. 
Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Have you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly. What a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico. And a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning. You know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. We're back here uh, and analyze this, and we've got the uh, Disability uh, Center uh, leadership uh, here today with uh, Ms. Amelia Hedley Lamont uh, and uh, Mr. Andres Driga. So, um, first of all, the local government, um, given that this is a federally funded uh, agency, um, the local government, what's the relationship, Mr. Driga, in your estimation right now? Well, one of the things that we try to do is to work collaboratively with everybody. And we are in a small community, and we don't have to always lift that bat of legal action on things that we need to get done. Uh, so our relationship with local government is one that's very good. We work closely with the ADA coordinator mm -hmm. on many issues. Who's that right now? Uh, Julian Henley. Mr. Henley? Okay, yes. good. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had him on our ability radio shows. I'm not sure if he had done any TV shows in the past with you, Amelia. Well, he, um, he used to work with us. The right. government snatched him from me. <laughs> uh. So, so, so we, we do a lot of collaborative things with them, um, along with other government agencies, Department of Labor, University of Virgin Islands, uh, EDA, um, who else? <coughs> Human services? Human services. Yeah, because you were on Department yesterday. Department of Health. Yeah. Um, all of those agencies. The, the, but even though you're a federally funded agency, the local government has um, some obligations um, from a support standpoint for the disability center. Right, not not, not necessarily yeah. financial, but um, to make sure that the laws are followed, and if in fact uh, the disability center has uh, any any concerns, of course you report to Washington D.C. But it would be from uh, a uh, a communication uh, perspective to make the local government aware of Absolutely. some the, the needs. Right? Absolutely. Back in the nineties, <laughs> mm -hmm. seems like yesterday for me. Um, we had an ADA campaign, Americans with Disabilities Act campaign. Yeah. It was an eight-week litigation campaign where we filed lawsuits against 27 different entities. Mm -hmm. We focused on the public accommodations, though. 
Um, by that, I mean the businesses, local businesses, those businesses that had the resources to make corrections. And that, I think, raised awareness, you know, at that time about, oh, we need to make some improvements here. Mm-hmm. That's, that may be something that we, you know, the office might want to consider yeah. <laughs> um, as, as a way of raising awareness. And, and I should say that it was a wonderful way of empowering the disability community. Say, look, you know, we need ATM machines that I can reach. Mm-hmm. Um, or I need to be able to make, gain access to the store. We had a gentleman by the name of Jamil Muhammad who did a little poem we called press conferences and we mm-hmm. like stage, you know, so we made it very interactive, interesting. You know, we, we, we filed a lawsuit, but we also at the same time wanted to make it a teaching moment where we did not appear that we were taking ourselves too seriously. We weren't playing, you know, I know better than you, boom. But mm-hmm. it, it empowered people in the disability rights community. We had, for example, Sonny Barnes and Mark Vinzant sitting yeah, at a bus stop waiting yeah. for a bus. Yeah. And then we had, a, how long have you waited for the bus? We had a big clock and the arms of the clock was turning. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just again, a way to just artfully illustrate, you know, a day in the life of somebody who's trying to make a way. Mm-hmm. We actually, um, and that was some negligence on the legislature's part. Um, we actually hadn't, they actually, well, before I got to the legislature, um, we hadn't, named a, a bus stop after Sonny in 2003, and we finally recognized that legislative mandate in 2016. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Well, it was a beautiful ceremony in my house, though. I mean, that was nice to see Sonny there. I mean, just but, thinking about it, uh, when I, go, I, I apologize, I'm going to get to you a little bit. Uh, I'm going to explain to the public what was going on. Um, <clears throat> we're in government house, at the time, I was the Senate president. This was late in the term, and uh, so I'm I'm standing, and and Sonny is sitting to my right, and I couldn't see him. So we're talking because I've known Sonny for years, right? And he's very, very been, been very outspoken, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, absolute icon in the in the for the disability community, and um, so I I'm looking while I'm talking. And I'm I'm looking and I'm seeing positive crying, right? Literally, I'm mm-hmm. literally crying. And he was sitting there in, in one of the chairs. Uh, sorry, Senator Nelson, but so what? Him crying is a good thing. Emotions, is, emotions are good. What I didn't know was Sonny was crying right next to me, and that had affected Senator Nelson. Oh, while wow. we were talking about Sonny's situation. Yeah. So now all of us started crying at that point. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying because. You know, when we heard of not only his history, but um, that will that you mentioned earlier, where Sonny was, he was actually the voice of the disability, the yeah. disabled community, basically saying, and, you know, he speaks the, the raw crucian, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. we like to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? He was literally saying, I ain't going to forget we, yeah. and I going to make sure I know right. that, and, and Sometimes it got it got to be like that. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to be forceful like that. Then uh, because some people, you just spoke about it in one of the three things you mentioned. You take me for granted. Uh, you, you, uh, you know, at some point, you're gonna get to the point where you're gonna totally forget me, and, and we definitely don't want that as it relates to our disabled community. Well, yeah. it's the one community that any one of us can join at any time. At any time. In an instant. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry about that. You were going to say something. I, I was just going to add to what Amelia was saying in terms of that um, activity that was in the 1990s. What it did, what did, what came out of that, really, was a lot of self-advocacy. You had a lot of uh, individuals with disability were able to, to, to get education, to get some training, and understand that they couldn't advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still going on. So, but that has to be consistent, and we are planning to do some of that this year. By the way, um, Wallace Williams uh, is a regular listener and a contributor. He said, according to my count, she has contributed over 40 years of service to the Virgin Islands. So, <laughs> congratulations. I would love to see Wallace. Uh, uh, yes. We, uh, when I first came we here, I knew him. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah. So, um, well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. And all that stuff. So, let's talk about Shadow Citizens, uh, if you will. Um, Mr. Drigo, you sent this for me uh, a couple of days ago. And confronting federal discrimination in the U.S. Virgin Islands, a March 2021 um, published uh, um, <clears throat> document. What, what what are we looking at? What, what are we? Because I don't think this is limited to. Uh, I don't think I don't think that the the public would think that discrimination is limited to just the disabled community. That's a that's a that's a cry we've had from over the years and a number of different yes. years. Quite yeah. some time, yeah. going back to mm-hmm. when we were purchased with the U.S. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when um, I think it was Herbert, the president, came down and considered us to be some sort of effective poorhouse. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Herbert, the so, president, so Hoover. Yeah. That discrimination is, you know, mm-hmm. started all the way back there, and uh, we need to shine a light on it. It's affected us tremendously. We are American citizens and we don't have, say, something as simple as a right to vote. We don't have enough representation and we pay our taxes. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, and, and, and we pay our taxes um, just like every, every other state to the federal government, even though our income taxes are held here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ought to be treated equally. And, and that's uh, the thrust of the publication in terms of going back to the history and um, looking at what has happened, what needs to happen, the inadequacies, the inequity, and how we go about addressing it. That's right. that's and, right. and that's available on our website as well at drcvi.org. Okay, good. Good. Shadow Citizens Confronting Shadow Federal Citizen. Discrimination in the U.S. Virgin Islands, March 2021. Before I recognize uh, Akala on, on the line, you want to speak to this because this is real. It's very real. And, um, um, you know, in particular, um, for my, I'm, I'm people of color. Let me put it that way because we're not the minority here in the Virgin Islands. We are the majority. But um, there's a legitimate argument that there are areas of needs that um, we have been taking for granted. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And one of the more recent events had been a case involving our inability to collect or even be deemed eligible for supplemental security income. And that would have a huge favorable impact on our community um, for persons who have, for whatever reason, are not able to be gainfully employed. Um, The Supreme Court struck it down and the most compelling, strong 
argument for supplemental security income came from Justice Sotomayor. Yes. You know, that brought me to tears. I mean, she really nailed it. And it's sad to me that we still have a ways to go with regard to being regarded as, you know, a viable contributing community. Yeah, that's that's it's illogical. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, good morning, caller. How are you? Good morning. This is Sal from Perry. How are you doing, Neville? Good morning, Sal. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. We're just listening to your program. No, thanks for calling. In. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned some other association, other organizations that deal with uh, disabled people. They didn't mention the uh, VI Association for Independent Living, from which I've been a member and vice president for about 22 years, I believe. Yeah, that Miss McFarland. I'm sure they were of it. The late Miss McFarland was she was, right. she was a, a critical yeah, she part. She passed of, away, yeah. and then right. uh, Felicia Brownlow just retired. So we just uh, uh, selected yeah. our board, selected uh, Monique Buke to take over that position. We're still looking for somebody to replace Russell McFarland. Okay, yeah, Miss McFarland. Okay. Well, she's irreplaceable, you know. I, I know mean, she in, is. In, in, in a sense, but um, she would want us to move on and, and continue to yeah. be there to support those. Particularly, the need for independent living. Um, yeah, we, we we're actually having a meeting with them. I think um, next week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, what's the biggest needs for? for what's the biggest needs for that entity right now, in your opinion? For us. Yeah. Well, for one thing, last year I would say, well, finally, after some years of uh, uh, trying to, I finally were able to uh, get a, a van or a truck. With windows, of course, I can carry up to three wheelchairs, five people, or one wheelchair and seven people. Uh, for our dis- it's brand new for our disabled people, so we can move them around. So this year we were able to use that uh, because, you know, I'm the chairman for the Christmas Boat Parade. Mm-hmm. And for the last five years, we have always secured an area for our people, what we call consumers. That's <laughs> what so we call them, consumers. And, uh, and, uh, and from other organizations that come to and Mr. Rafael Llanos was helping me this year to or, to organize the, the area, which was in the National Park area, where I put a tent, and we put chairs and tables and food and drinks and a wheelchair porta potty I've been doing this for several years now. We're also able to secure a few years ago four computers, which we sent one to St. Thomas, for blind people so they can uh, use a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and things like that. Uh, Canes that are uh, it's called Smart Cane, a company called We Walk, mm-hmm. which has a GPS in it. Uh, I don't know if you know Gerard Eveling, that worked with uh, uh, Whitaker, Senator Whitaker, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very glad with it. It talks to him through his phone and his ears, and it's wonderful. I was able to get a couple of those. Um, things like that that I do. And then once a year, and I'm sure probably they have attended this, uh, lunch that I, I do on, in March, which is Dis- Disability Month, at Gertrude's, where I have about 100 to 110 people. And I know people from other associations attend. Have, have, they, have they attended that, uh, that event? I had a while back, and it, at the time that I went, and this may be a while, it was at the Palms? Yes, I used to do it at the Palms, mm-hmm. but it changed hands, and their process went way up. Okay. And I said, well, let's go to Gertrude's, where <laughs> we meet for... Uh, Rory <laughs> for the last 43 years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're meeting at Gertrude's now and it's a wonderful event, but we haven't had it in two years. But this year, 
we're going to have it maybe not in March. Our consumers are not ready to leave the house. Many of them are afraid of COVID and other things. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking more like in June or July to have this event. And of course, you're all welcome to come. Thank you. Thank you. We'll that, be there. That's awesome. Thank you very much for your contribution this morning, Sal. I appreciate it. No problem. You we'll talk it. about the boat parade another time. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> Most definitely. All right, my And we'll actually talk about Fourth of July, because that's the next big event, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that sometime soon. Thanks a lot, Sal. Appreciate that. All right. Take care. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, Mr. Lamont, one of the things that we mentioned here on on this program, um, and I just want to make the correlation, government can't provide everything. So that's why, that's the value of nonprofits, um, because they have expertise in certain areas that the government does not. Same thing with the South and Perry's of the world. Your agency can do everything, and you need folks like him, right. you know, yeah. um, to actually provide that uh, complementary piece so that, you know, the whole jigsaw puzzle could come together, right? Right. I agree wholeheartedly. He's been yeah. a wonderful support. Yeah, no, he's, Absolutely. No, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah and, just, and, and one of the ways you do that is by going, doing a lot of outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to talk to different um, organizations. I met Sal through Zoom uh, yeah. last year. I mean, I've known him before, but uh, we were talking about that that why, that nice that why, white cane. I, I keep asking yeah. everybody this: Why didn't you tell me to invest in Zoom before the pandemic? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Teams, Zoom, yeah, and yeah, teams, teams, teams. Right, 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 right. right, right. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have cashed out. Yeah, man. <laughs> It's, no. this, it's not too late because I don't think we're no, it's going not. back. No, it's not. I, I don't think I, we're actually, going back. Actually, there's you know there's actually more uh, more, more entities like that. No, because yeah. there's a market for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, the pandemic uh, has changed a lot of things. That's why I want when we come back. I want I want to talk about you know where do we go from here? Given how the pandemic has changed life as we knew it, right? Right. I mean, we keep talking about the this new normal, but the reality is um, we found out a lot of things that we may have assumed for a number of years. The pandemic made it real. And uh, as a result of that, people are now modifying things because for a lot of people, it's the quantitative, in this case, the bottom line, when in fact um, we, we, we came to find out the value of like in-per- in-person learning and in-person communication, so things like that. So we'll come back. Uh, we got Mr. Andrew, Angus Drigo and um, Ms. Amelia Hedley Lamont joining us this morning from Disability Center. Uh, Race for the Virgin Islands. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Virgin Islands. The USVI Caribbean Music Festival on St. Croix officially launches on Friday, February 17th. This is a free community event presented by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Tourism, curated by the United Jazz Foundation in collaboration with Jazz at Lincoln Center, and sponsored by the VI Lottery. The event runs from 6.30 to 11.30 p.m. along the Waterfront Promenade in Fredericksdale and features Grammy Award-winning jazz vocalist Diane Reeves, Marsvin Davids, Caribbean Players of St. Croix, and Calvin Johnson and native son of New Orleans. For more information, CaribbeanMusicHeritage.org or 646-725-3353. 
I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. ¿Estás bien? Mm, no sé. Dime. Es que, bueno, no sé cómo decirlo. A veces me siento perdida. A veces me siento perdida. Nunca fui inferior. Cuando tus niños no encuentren las palabras... Ayúdalos a encontrar la canción. Escucha el álbum Sound It Out y obtén consejos y herramientas para empezar una conversación en escuchandosentimientos.org. Un mensaje de Ad Council y Pivotal Ventures. And we're back here and uh, analyze this. And we've got the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands, the good people. Um, from from this entity joining us uh, this morning, Mr. Angus Drigo, and of course, um, Miss uh, <coughs> Amelia Headley Lavant, who, as we say, um, been been with them for donkey years, right? <laughs> and now you retired? Yes, okay. semi retired. Semi retired. Semi retired. Semi retired. So let's talk. Um, you, you were there during the pandemic when it started. Right, you were still there in in twenty twenty. Yeah, no, when did yeah. I leave? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So you were still there. Right. right. Um, wh- what was it like um, realizing that you know we we we're, we're in Zombieville, for the lack of a better term, uh, and movement uh, restricted, and you're in a in in a in a world where movement is critical because you're providing support for those who um, are in need, right. or a higher need of support, because we're all in need of support right. at some level. What was that like? Hmm. And we're going on actually three full years ago come next month. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was certainly a, a time where you had to reorganize your <laughs> way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to look at, okay, how how are we going to receive the public? How are we going to do the work that we are typically used to doing? How many people should be in the office? We even restricted that mm-hmm. at, at some points. Um, a notice on the door saying, you know, if you you know, please be sure to make an appointment. Call um, Zoom became the the platform mm-hmm. or Microsoft Teams, talking to people virtually, being sure to mask up. Listening to your statistics in the morning. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, that's still that's still a, yeah, that's still a part of my thing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? and so. that's very helppful. That's yeah, been extremely yeah, helpful. Yeah, well, we need to know where we at. Yeah, that's that's what that's about, you know. And and to not be, you know, um, you know, negligent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that's what that's about. And you know, it's it's a staple. At some point, I hope I don't have to do it, but. Um, given how we get these sub variants and all that stuff, I think mm. it's critical that you know uh, the public know. And yeah, I'm still surprised. Thing. It is. Yeah. I'm still surprised that I, I and I frankly think the government should be applauded for trying to get the word out. Mm-hmm. I'm still surprised that our vaccination rates are as low as they yeah, are. I don't yeah, get that. That's really painful don't. for it me. Is, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, not so much that uh, the 
the, the that people don't want to get vaccinated. It, it's it's that they, they are telling us that they don't trust the science to the point to the levels that you know we're we're lagging compared to to other. In particular, I I judge us next to insular possessions, not just the mainland. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we got some states in the same fifty some percent as us, <clears throat> but. You know, when I'm looking at, I'm looking at Guam, you know, I'm looking at, at, at Northern Mariana Islands, I'm looking at American Samoa, and I'm seeing them, you know, because I, I pulled this up, I like, sorry about that. No, I'm, that's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm nerdy in this regard, so. Uh, okay, here we go. Vaccinated. Um, American Samoa, 86%. Guam, 85%. Northern Mariana Islands, 81%. Puerto Rico, 81%. Virgin Islands, fifty-five percent. You know that that's painful. That and somebody, painful. you know, who, as for me, I'm a numbers you know, type of guy. We're at two-thirds the level of, of everybody else. There's something fundamentally wrong with that. And it's not just proxim- a proximity thing. Where okay, the other three are in the the Pacific Rim, and we're here. Puerto Rico's right next door, yeah. right? And they got a higher population, right. and they're at eighty-one percent, and here we are at at fifty-five. So something's wrong with them. In particular, um, Mr. Drigo, because when public health used to show up, when we were small, going to school, he had no questioning. Yep. Not you know, they, they know us waiting to to provide that <laughs> to provide that needle, and some of us didn't cry, and some of us cried. You know what I mean? But we never questioned it back then. No, you know? no. And and um, like you said, the science is there. Mm-hmm. Why people doubt the science is, is an interesting I, I actually had, I had a, this conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think about three weeks ago, and we got a great relationship with the Department of Health. They'll be back again next week. Um, <clears throat> here's, here's what we said. The, the concern was they rush to put a vaccine together. And we're telling them that's not true because the SARS pandemic was actually the foundation Mm-hmm. for the the uh, coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, the leadership at the CDC and all the different players, it just didn't happen in 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 one year because the, 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 the vaccine was available in December of 2020. The pandemic um, hit, the, hit America, I'd say January, um, up in Seattle. I think that was the first city where the first outbreak and then, of course, in Westchester County. So people are saying they rushed to put this vaccine together, blah, blah, blah. And the reality is no. The SARS pandemic from in 2002 was actually the mm-hmm. genesis of them, you know, starting the research. Okay. And it, it culminated. Um, and they used some of that data. And, of course, this particular show analyzed this is, you know, uh, information and not confrontational. So data is more important here than Mele. Even though right. the Mele is sweet from time to time, but not me. The reality is we got enough we got enough radio stations right. who use that approach. We prefer to be informational. That's the reason why good people like yourself are here. So to bring it back to where we were, um, that's why information and accurate information is so critical. And that's probably something that the Disability Center um, has been dealing with over the years, right? Right, absolutely. The, the, the need for accurate information and understanding how we go about facilitating for those who are, uh, I don't want to say challenged, but, um, you know, um, 
just need more support than others. Right. And, and, and there, there are barriers. And you touched upon something. You talked about the health center going into the community. Yeah. yeah. That's not happening now. Yeah. There's this expectation that you come to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that might be one of the reasons why the numbers are so low. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get into a, a bus <laughs> to get a shot necessarily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if a bus or you know a center comes to you to provide you with that service, that's more likely perhaps to increase the numbers. Yeah. And let me give you an example. I can mm. give you a personal example. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a vaccine for the shingles. Okay. I was able to get it in the States, mm-hmm. made an appointment, go to a drugstore, boom, done. Here, you have to have a prescription wow. for a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then you can go and pick it up at a drugstore if they have it, but then the drugstore doesn't administer the shot. So, so you then I find, got, you know, you find somebody else again. I would yeah. love to know why, <laughs> why that is. This mm-hmm. is a vaccine, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Why make it so difficult? Yeah. And that might also impact, I would think, our health outcomes. People that, you, are you, affected you, you, by you, shingles. You, you, but you may have yeah. touched on why, why our numbers are so low. That it's it's a structural yes. deficiency that we have more than anything else, um, Mr. Drigo. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with what Amelia is saying mm-hmm. because part of, and, and, and she speaks about the Department of Health, we have to look at the FQHCs too, the Federally Qualified Health Centers. Mm-hmm. Their impact, because they are mandated to go and work within the communities. They are supposed to set up their facilities there as well. Um, I think that's that plays a big role. And one of the other things we need to touch on is education. You got to give people information so they could make informed decisions. Mm-hmm. They have to have the right information. They need the right statistics. Uh, you talk about how far back they were working on viruses that forgets that's affiliated or associated with COVID, and that's true of SARS. Mm-hmm. What else? What you also need to mention is we have advanced so far technologically that Correct. we can do things a lot quicker. Yes. So so. All of that is information that you can arm people with so that they could make really good decisions with regards to vaccination. Another, another dynamic, another reason why a lot of folks are reluctant to, to get uh, vaccinated because the government did such an excellent job managing the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a true outbreak here. Um, and so I was speaking with the delegate and one of her colleagues, um, her name is uh, Yvette Clark, I think her name is, out of Brooklyn. Yeah. And she said um, they were concerned in, in New York City that people wouldn't want to get vaccinated. And, and um, Delegate Plaskett said in talking to her, um, Congresswoman Clark, um, Congresswoman Clark said, oh, no, 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 we didn't have that problem because when we had the outbreak, so many people were affected. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That that served as impetus for folks to get vaccinated. Yeah. Whereas down here, our situation, we did such an excellent job managing people <laughs> of the belief, well, you know something, ain't gonna bother me anyhow. Mm-hmm. We are right. Mm-hmm. You check? And then as a result, people are more reserved uh, as relates to need. You know, so uh, for me, you know, it, it, it was about, look, I can trust the science. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it worked for me for... When I take my vaccine to go to school, I'm in my mid-50s at the time, now I'm approaching 60. <laughs> if it worked for me for then, why should I have you know my, some reluctance now? Right. That's just me, though. I sure. can't really force that on people. But uh, the, the numbers really are 
Uh, oh, and there was uh, the, this uh, this other belief that, um, <clears throat> well, if I catch it, natural immunity better than uh, a vaccine immunity. Uh, and and Doctor Anne Treasure said, well, you might be right, but are you why why risk why run that risk because people die from yep. this from this disease. Right. So 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 you got way to way the factors. But you know, from as it relates to supporting our uh, disabled community. Um, they really need that education, you know, and and Mr. Drigo uh, touched on it. Because, and the knowledge is king, man, you know what I'm saying? And, and hopefully, you know, as the learning experience from the pandemic is that at any time you can get shut off from the outside world. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And, and hopefully uh, we, we can make that work. So Ability Radio, um, Saturdays at 1130. Yes. And that going well? So far, so good. Yeah. So yeah. How, so how long good. has it been? Uh, is, is it been on and, and, and is it on every Saturday or once a month? Well, I'm told we it's there's a recording. Yeah. And then we get a repeat. Get a repeat. Okay. So every yeah. every Saturday. Okay. Right. Eleven and eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Half hour. One hour. Half hour. Half, Half hour. Hour. And um, what, what what are we looking to accomplish there? Other than um, please remember us. You know, we pay taxes too. <laughs> Remember, we're, we're part of the human experience, mm -hmm. that the people that we represent are part of the human experience. And so just to build awareness as to, you know, what, what people are doing, really. I have a very expansive view as to what constitutes, um, you know, the work that our office does and the mm -hmm. people that we serve. It's not some segregated, you know, piece. Right. So we look at the arts, we look at the culture, we look at um, current events, um, you know, so what happens in one part of the world can resonate with us as well, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, we're all impacted in some way, shape, or form. Even the, you know, the recent horrific earthquake in Turkey. Yeah, I mean, man, yeah, we yeah. shake from that. Yeah, man. Or what has transpired with the Nichols family, we, we, that has an impact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to have, take a more global approach. Yeah, man, right, you, you right. got to, you got to. And, yeah, and, and what happens with that is you make it more inclusive right you know and that's that's the the, the goal mm -hmm. uh, well Wallace chime in again he said I would be remiss <laughs> the entity is in great hands with Angus <laughs> a UVI product <laughs> and one of my library skills students so. <laughs> so you got a fan club two hours you got two hours you got at least a fan club of one <laughs> now just he's it's, it's, it's bigger than that you know I want to thank um, both of you for making some time uh, to join us this morning you were you were wondering you know what would we do in, a, in, in an hour yeah. or the better part of an hour but you see how quickly it oh, went yeah. right so oh, you so, definitely so, have to have us back of course now. of course <laughs> Yeah, of we course. Got more we Check this share. out. Um, come, come anniversary anniversary week, right? You said July twenty sixth. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we could work on something there. Uh, okay. And uh, you know, let the public know where we at. Um, Thirty two years removed from when um, Bush won. That's signed right. it into law in nineteen ninety. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So time flies. Jeez. Wow. This is. Wow, man, that's a lot, a lot. Like, the, like, the, like the conductor says on on the, the subway station when you you you're rolling up to Thirty Fourth Street Penn Station. He said, Thirty um, Fourth Street Penn Station Port Authority, Terminal Port Authority mm -hmm. Bus Terminal, blah blah blah, and you can get the Long Island Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. That's right. Thirty-two years. That's right. I remember when I, I remember when it came out. I was working for the government then, and one of the big concerns was getting to Lieutenant Governor's office. 
right? Because you know yeah. where, where it is, you have to step up. Step up, and right. then they put the dis- they put the disabled thing up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, when yeah. you're you're heading up towards uh, the restaurant, right, yeah. yeah, right there you right. can access yep. it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but what it did was it actually forced us to be creative, find yeah. ways for access, right. and 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 that's a we good thing. We need to do more of that, though, Neville. Yeah, man. We, we really yeah. have a lot of problems in our towns. Yeah, and we need we need to identify how we could make accessibility available, in particular in our historic district, because those areas, the governor mentioned it in the state of territory, um, we're going to reinvest in our towns mm-hmm. to include Cruz Bay, Charlotte, Mali, Fredericksted, Christiansted. So uh, we got to do that. Thank you very much for being here. Thank and good you, luck Neville. with Ability Radio. And Thank have fun. You, Thank you. All right, Thank that's, you, um, Neville. It's yeah, a pleasure. That's um, right. Miss Amelia Hedley Lamont and uh, <coughs> Angus Drigo. Uh, the Wallace Williams uh, <laughs> duo this morning here uh, joining us from the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands. And if you get a copy of Shadow Citizens Confronting Federal Discrimination in the United States Virgin Islands, a March 2021 uh, document, please do so. And you can call them at 340-772-1200 or reach out to them at info at drcvi.org. Or take a break and we'll be back right after this. Views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langfitt is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... On the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. 